0: Good morning and a very warm welcome to Morning Worship in the Parish of Casluchur and Gosainan. It's lovely to have you with us. I hope that you're encouraged and blessed during the service. So let's worship together.
1: A reading from Mark 3 verses 20 to 35. One time Jesus entered a house and the crowds began to gather again. Soon he and his disciples couldn't even find time to eat. When his family heard what was happening they tried to take him away. He's out of his mind they said but the teachers of religious law who had arrived from Jerusalem said he's possessed by Satan the prince of demons That's where he gets the power to cast out demons. Jesus called them over and responded with an illustration. How can Satan cast out Satan, he asked. A kingdom divided by civil civil war will collapse. Similarly, a family splintered by feuding will fall apart. And if Satan is divided and fights against himself, how can he stand? He would never survive. Let me illustrate this further. Who is powerful enough to enter the house of a strong man like Satan and plunder his goods? Only someone even stronger, someone who could tie him up and then plunder his house. I tell you the truth, all sin and blasphemy can be forgiven, but anyone who blasphemes the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. This is a sin with eternal consequences. He told them this because they were saying, he's possessed by an evil spirit. Then Jesus' mother and brothers came to see him. They stood outside and sent word for him to come out and talk with them. There was a crowd sitting around Jesus, and someone said, Your mother and your brothers are outside asking for you. Jesus replied, Who is my mother? Who are my brothers? Then he looked at those around him and said, Look, these are my mother and brothers. Anyone who does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
0: May I speak and may you hear in the name of God, who is Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, it's great to have you with us. Today we're delving into Mark's Gospel. Imagine for a moment that you were a first century Jew. You would have known and understood that the Jews had rites and rules and rituals, not so that they might earn the love of God because that was given and it was taken for granted but so that these rites and rules and rituals followed might help them to live lives that were worthy of their calling. Lives that encouraged others to see the love of God and to be drawn nearer to him. But as these were followed and lived out, some among them, particularly their leaders, the Pharisees and the scribes, began to become arrogant believing that they were more worthy of God's love than anyone else, and that they were perhaps even better than the crowds. Into this culture of entitlement comes Jesus, and his ways are certainly at odds with the Jewish leaders of his day. He just healed a man with a shriveled hand on the Sabbath, And they were outraged by this. How dare he perform something like this on the Sabbath, which was a day of rest, a day to focus on God. Jesus, on the other hand, sees this compassionate act as the fulfilment of everything that the Sabbath was about. But it did put him at odds with the religious leaders of his day. The people on the other hand, the ordinary Jewish people, they were intrigued by Jesus and they followed him in huge numbers. They'd already seen him give sight to the blind, unstop the ear of the deaf, and enable the lame to leap like the deer in the field. And now, this healing of the man with a shrivelled hand on the Sabbath, it was just another thing that encouraged intrigue. Who was Jesus? What was he about? Ought they follow him? Some had even began to say that he was more than a teacher, more than a prophet. He was Emmanuel, God with them. The fulfillment of the Old Testament promises, he was the Jewish Messiah. And as these encouragements began to spread and as more and more people began to follow Jesus, it put him at odds. With the Jewish leaders. Imagine the kind of strain that that would have put on the family of Jesus. They were his nearest and dearest. They would have been frightened because Jesus and his family all of a sudden they stood out. They were at odds with the most powerful and influential people of their day. And by our reading today, it seems that some of Jesus' family had begun to say that Jesus had gone mad. He'd lost the plot, no doubt because they were afraid. And it seems that the Jewish leaders, the scribes and the Pharisees, they perpetuate this by beginning to spread a rumour. Jesus, he's possessed by a demon, by Beelzebel. This was the name that they gave to the devil and it literally means the prince of flies. They're trying to suggest, of course, that Jesus is that smelly stuff that flies are drawn to. It was a huge insult and its goal was clear. They wanted to undermine Jesus. They wanted to uh, divert people's attention away from him, so that they might believe that he was not so much the messiah that they'd been waiting for, but a crazy nutter. So the first lesson in today's reading is that we should always be wary of rumours. Sometimes they seem innocent. They seem to come from a place of concern. We're worried about Jesus. Some are saying that he's lost the plot. Some are saying that he's mad. Others are even saying that he's possessed by Beelzebel. I hope that's not the case. What do you think? There's nothing better than starting a rumour by saying that you've heard a rumour. We must be wary of that. And as God's people, we must distance ourselves from rumour. We must seek instead to look for the fact We must build our understandings on what we know of someone's person and character. And we must come when difficult situations arise with a willingness to understand before we seek to be understood. Listening and using inquiring questions to get to the bottom of a matter and to find the truth rather than listening to rumours. It's obvious that this rumour had perpetuated itself, and Jesus knew about it. And he uses logic to bring people to a better understanding, to the truth. If I'm possessed by the devil, this makes no logical sense, he says. Why would the devil use his own power to undermine himself. It's ridiculous. Often many rumors that are spread are silly rumors. Often they're laughable, but if they're spread and if we listen to them, they blind us from the good things that are happening around us, and instead they're given power. Jesus says these rumors they make no sense whatsoever. If the devil was working against himself his house would be divided and it would fall. It's obvious that if my power has power over the devil it must then be power that is given from a much stronger source. In other words Jesus is using logic To show that these rumours, like many rumours that are often started to cause trouble, are ridiculous. And of course they have no logic. Jesus' power must have come from God. His power was expressed in a way that was entirely at odds with the power of the scribes and the Pharisees. His words and his ways were not like theirs. But behold... God was obviously doing a new thing. Jesus' ways were consistent with the character of God, inasmuch as he was loving, he was good, faithful and true. But all of those uh, words of love, all of those ways of goodness and faithfulness and truth were expressed in a new way. And although they may not have been the ways that the scribes and Pharisees were expecting, Jesus' logic shows that God was undeniably at work. So he was at odds with the Jewish leaders. And so his mother and his siblings come to inquire of him, Jesus, what on earth is going on? Tell us so that we might understand. Explain to us in your, uh, in, 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 in your clear words of candour. But when Jesus is encouraged to see that his mother and his family are outside, he refuses to go and see them. And he says, who is it that is my mother and my brother Who is it that belongs to my family? And it's the crowd. It's the crowd that are intrigued by his words and his ways. Those who are ready to listen to him and to draw nearer to God. So there's another lesson here. We must never put God in a box. We must be prepared to see that his mercies and his ways are new every morning. Yes, they're always consistent with God's character. Always good, always loving, always faithful and always true. But they're never the same. And the church is called to see what God is doing and then to have the courage to join in with it. Jesus says, those who deny me, those who refuse to follow me, they're not my family, even if they're biologically related to me. If you blaspheme against the Holy Spirit, that's an unforgivable sin. Our scholars have grappled with what those verses mean since the year dot, but ultimately I think what Jesus is saying is if you refuse to see how the Holy Spirit is moving and if you refuse to join in with that then you're not one of my family. It's an unforgivable sin. If you deny what the Spirit is doing then you're against me. But if, like the crowds, you're open to my words you're ready to receive me, I'm prepared to join in with courage to be a part of what I am doing, then you are my brother, you are my sister, you are a member of my family. Becoming part of that worldwide family. One of Jesus' disciples isn't dependent on who we are, what we've done or what we haven't done, whether we've earned it or deserved it or not. It's simply about simple trust in Jesus, believing in him, tumbling into his arms and loving him, following him with our heart, soul, mind and strengths. And my prayer today is that we would see Jesus more clearly, we would follow Jesus more nearly, and we would love him more dearly all the days of our life, being a part of what he is doing, seeing how the Spirit is moving, and joining in with courage. Amen.
2: Let us pray. Lord God we just want to adore you and acknowledge your goodness in the world and in our lives today and we just take a moment to think of all the good things that are around us. We thank you that in your creation you made seasons and we're going from spring to summer and it's just so wonderful to hear the birds singing and to see the flowers blooming and just that sense of joy and hope and possibilities that summer always brings. Lord God, we thank you for creating seasons, not only in nature but seasons in our own lives. And Lord God, we thank you that in all seasons, your living holy Spirit lives in us. It helps us, It speaks to us and encourages us in the seasons we're living. And just like seasons in, in winter, there is life going on underneath the soil that we can't see, no, nothing looks like it's happening above. But Lord, even in those, our winter seasons, when life is hard and things don't seem so full of possibilities, you're with us, Lord. Your Holy Spirit is with us all the time in hard and easy spring, summer, winter seasons. So Lord God, we thank you for our blessings today. We only have to look around at the world to see so many of them. And one of those blessings, God, is that we belong to a, a big Christian family, When we are yours, we are not alone. We've got that Holy Spirit with us, but also we are part of probably the biggest family in the world. Lord, I thank you that we can go into any church community and we we belong because it's one big family. And I thank you, God, that that comes from you. In our reading today, you advocated that, Lord, that we're all this one family who should love and care for one another. And as well as our church family, we thank you for our immediate families and friends that show us love and encouragement and we feel safe and secure with. Thank you, Lord, that we are connected to so many people and so many communities that we are not alone. Lord God, please forgive us when we actually forget that. We forget you when we take you for granted. And we look around us and we don't see the blessings that are so obvious to us. And I thank you, God, that there are always blessings, even when life is really hard and it feels like we're really alone. Forgive us, Lord, when we forget you are there in our winter seasons, when we're just impatient for summer to come along and for the good times to begin again. But actually, there's just as much learning, just as much growing, just as much connecting with you to be done in those winter seasons as in the summer seasons. And ultimately, it's you that makes a difference. Your Holy Spirit in us, with us, never leaving us. Thank you for that, Lord. And Lord, we're sorry when we treat our church family like an optional extra and not like the family you want us to be. Lord, when we let our differences of opinion and our different characteristics become bigger than what actually unites us, and that's you, Lord. Your love for us, your sacrificial love, and your amazing Utter forgiveness of everything we've ever done wrong, every fault we've ever made. Lord, you you look above that because of what happened on the cross. Forgive us when we don't do that with our immediate church family and our worldwide church family. And would you help that, help us to change that? Lord, help us to love our church family just as it is. Help us to live sacrificial lives for the benefit of each other. Help us to be passionate about our family, to protect it fiercely like we do our individual families. Help us to be full of joy um, and enjoy encouraging one another. And I thank you, God, that at the moment our church family is meeting up a bit more. I thank you that there are physical services happening again and we can meet face to face. And at the same time, online services are still happening. Lord God, just thank you for the way things are moving forward as restrictions ease. But Lord, would you help us not to forget those who aren't coming to church face to face? Would you help us not to forget ringing people? Would you help us not to forget to to meet in church and outside of church when it's safe to do so and connect and foster that sense of belonging as a family? And would you help each one of us to desire more of your Holy Spirit's input in our lives? and be open and flexible to be changed and influenced by it. Lord, it's really exciting to get out and see people, to do normal things again in this new normal, even with social distancing. And we thank you, God, for the, for the release and the hope and the joy that comes from doing just things we may have took for granted last year. Please help us all to be sensible and to act safely and protect us from those who may not, Lord, help us to live our lives put in the interests of others above our own as we come out of this lockdown. And Lord, we just lift up those who are still grieving, those who have still lost their loved ones, even though lockdown is easing, and they're actually now having to come into a new world without their loved ones with them, even though there's been several months delay since they lost their loved one. Lord, would you help us? Help us to love them and comfort them and help us to remember them and pray for them as they get used to their new normal. Lord God, we remember and we lift up those who are sick and unwell, those who've had long COVID and are still living with the consequences of that, those who've had diagnoses and treatments delayed because they haven't been able to get NHS treatment. Lord, would you help them get that treatment now effectively? Would you help the NHS get back on its feet? And give all the staff rest. And would you help us to look after them and support them as time goes on. Lord Jesus, help us to appreciate all that we have today. Meeting in person and online and multiple ways to communicate and be connected as a church family. And we just lift up our church leaders and continue to pray for them. As they navigate the way forward for our church family in this new normal in 2021 over the coming weeks and months. Amen.
0: Thank you so much for being with us today. It's been lovely to have your company. Remember that if there's absolutely anything we can do for you, practically or spiritually, then you're very welcome to get in touch with us. We'd love to hear from you. But now as another week begins, let me pray for God's blessing on us. The peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and your minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, be upon you and remain with you always. Amen.